Have you guys ever been to the Louvre in Paris to see the Mona Lisa? It's a great painting, isn't it? Painted by Leonardo da Vinci in the 1500s. And it's one of the most famous paintings in the world. But, jokes on all of you, I've actually never been to the Louvre, nor have I seen the Mona Lisa. But even better, I went to Taipei over the New Year's holidays and got to see the most famous ancient Chinese painting, which is famously known as the Chinese Mona Lisa. So, what is this painting? Well, we're going to talk about it today. G'day everyone, welcome again to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. I'm your host Stephen, and Happy New Year to every one of you. As you know, Lunar New Year just kicked off earlier this month, and I wish all of you a prosperous year ahead in the Year of the Dragon. May the dragon bless you all. As always, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, follow me on my Instagram, visit my website, and just like all the posts you can, because any support from any of you means a lot to me. I'll leave all those details in the description box below. Okay, enough of the introductions. Today we're going to go talk about China's most famous painting, aka the Qingming Shanghe Tu. Let's get straight into it. I mean, what's so special about this particular painting? Well, I've seen this painting before on TV and in history books. But when I was in the National Palace Museum in Taipei and I got to see the enlarged digitized version for the first time, I was mesmerized. The painting is less of a painting, but more of a photographic snapshot. It honestly looks like the painter had a DSLR camera in his head, climbed a mountain that had the whole view of the city below him, and then took the photo in panorama mode. It is no wonder it's the most famous Chinese painting. The painting we are going to talk about today is called the Qingming Shanghe Tu, spelt Q-I-N-G-M-I-N-G-S-H-A-N-G-H-E, in English, it is known as Along the River During the Qingming Festival. So that's probably easier for most of you to Google, just use the English name. The reference to the Qingming Festival is because the scene of the painting portrays the atmosphere and commotion of the Qingming Festival, which is a festival in China that's all about honouring your deceased ancestors. The original painting was believed to be painted by Zhang Zheduan, spelt Z-H-A-N-G-Z-E-D-U-A-N, who lived during the Song Dynasty between the years 1085 to 1145 CE. During his lifetime, the Song Dynasty had gone into war with their northern neighbours, the Jin Dynasty. The Jin Dynasty was much more stronger than the Song Dynasty, and in the year 1127, the Jin army captured the Song Dynasty capital at Bianjing, forcing 
the Song Dynasty court to relocate to southern China. Historians have split these two periods of the Song Dynasty apart, naming the first half of the Song Dynasty, i.e. before 1127, as the Northern Song, and the second half of the Song Dynasty, i.e. after 1127, as the Southern Song. It was during this period, in the years of transition between the Northern and Southern Song, where China fell into disarray and descended into a state of chaos. It was during this time where many records were destroyed by Jin invaders. Hence, we don't know much about Zhang Zetuan, including his life, and whether he had any other works. We also don't know for sure whether it was Zhang that actually painted the Qingming Shanghe Tu. The only proof that we have is from an account by a historian who had written this account much later in the Jin Dynasty, decades after Zhang Zetuan was around. Okay, now let's talk about the painting itself. The painting is a snapshot of the scenes of everyday life in the Song Dynasty in the capital city of Bianjing, spelt B-I-A-N-J-I-N-G, and it's presently known as the city of Kaifeng in central China. The painting is only 25.5, 10 inches high, but it is long, like 5.25 metres long, 5.74 yards. So it'd be very hard to hang onto a wall, because it would probably snake around all of your walls in the entire room. The painting was done on a hand scroll and was painted using the traditional Chinese scattered perspective style, which is a painting style where there are multiple viewpoints in the painting, as opposed to the European focus perspective style, where the painting is viewed from only a single viewpoint. The original Song Dynasty version is split into two geographical areas, the city and the countryside. The city is further divided into the inner city within the city walls and the surrounding settlement right outside the city wall. The painting, therefore, helps us see both rural and urban life in the Song Dynasty. In the painting, there are, and wait for it, 814 humans, 28 boats, 60 animals, 30 buildings, 20 vehicles, 9 sedan chairs, 170 trees, and 2 koalas. Okay, the koalas part was a joke, but seriously, the rest isn't, and that is a lot of detail to put in, in a hand scroll that is only 25 centimetres wide. That's similar to a width of an A4 piece of paper. So, we start off on the right side of the painting, in the countryside. It is sparsely populated and mixed with croplands and forest. There are a few travellers here and there, some on foot, a couple on horseback, and the farmers are hard at work. Portrayed in the painting 
with simple clothes and rough physiques. We then follow a river which cuts through the painting from the countryside to the city. The river in this painting is the Bian River, an ancient river that flowed through Bianjing. In the middle of the painting, separating the city from the countryside, is a bridge, which is a salient image in the painting. The bridge is a wooden bridge known as the Rainbow Bridge. There is a boat with its mast approaching the bridge, but onlookers on top of the bridge are worried that the boat is too high to go under the bridge and start gesturing at the boat to try and stop the boat crashing into the bridge. It is impressive that this kind of event is portrayed in such high detail in this painting. Then, the painting slowly transitions into the city, and this is where we get to see the vibrant life of a city in ancient China. You have people from all walks of life in this painting. Carpenters, doctors, teachers, innkeepers, monks, beggars, scholars, performers, you name it, the list goes on. In the painting, you can see people buying things from shops, people eating at restaurants, people just standing by the river having a chat. And by the city gates, there are two camels carrying a ton of goods on their backs, with two people next to them, most likely traders who have come from afar to the big city to do business. I also noticed that most of the people are men. There is only around 20 women present in the painting, and most of them are doing household chores. There's only one woman I can see that's buying something on the street, and doesn't look like she's accompanied by a man. The painting, therefore, shows that women at the time were mainly in their homes and did not go out unless it was with a man, highlighting the patriarchal society that ancient China was at the time. The most impressive thing of this painting is the detail. We can tell who each person in the painting is. Yeah, the painting goes into such great detail that every person in the painting is different. And we can tell because of their facial features, the clothes that they wear, as well as their hairstyles. The painting, hence, is a good way for people like us to get a glimpse of what the people looked like back then, as well as the fashion styles of the people during the Song Dynasty. By looking at this Song Dynasty original, it is clear that the Song Dynasty was a period of great prosperity, and Bianjing, the capital, was a city, wealthy and definitely lit up. If the original Qingming Shanghe Tu was indeed painted by Zhang Zeduan, then in my opinion, the painting was most likely painted during the late Northern Song period, right before the fall of Bianjing to the Jin invaders. My reasoning for this is that, look, I'm not a painter, but as a painter, it would be pretty hard to paint something without either A, seeing the image with your eyes whilst painting it, or B, have a vivid image in your head of what you are painting. 
The fact that the painting of Bianjing looks so prosperous means that if Zhang Zeduan was painting this city, based on what he was seeing with his own eyes, it means that he would have had to have been at the city during the time when the city was not ravaged by war with the Jin dynasty. Because he lived between the years 1085 to 1145, and Bianjing was sacked by the Jin dynasty in the year 1127, the painting would have been painted after the year 1100, you know, when he was old enough to actually paint, and the year 1127, when the city was sacked. The idea of Zhang Zeduan painting with a vivid image in his head seems more unlikely, especially the intricate detail that this painting has been done up. I mean, it's not a painting of a few stick figures shooting guns at each other. It's a painting of a scene of a city that's as detailed as a modern-day photograph. I doubt he would have done this painting after the fact based on mere memory. Of course, this is all based on the assumption that Zhang Zeduan painted the Qingming Shanghe Tu, and also based on the assumption that the city is Bianjing. There are scholars that have disputed both of these facts, and if these scholars are right, well, my theory could go completely out of the window. Regardless, it's certain that the original Qingming Shanghe Tu was painted during the Song Dynasty, and the Qingming Shanghe Tu would be copied by later artists, which they did so beginning from the Yuan Dynasty, or in my words, recreate. What makes this painting so famous and so bloody good is that there are heaps of artists that have recreated different versions of the original. We can't say that they are copies because they didn't copy this painting exactly from scratch. Merely, they used the original Qingming Shanghe Tu as a base to incorporate their own elements. The most famous recreation of the painting during the Ming Dynasty was done by a painter named Qiu Ying, spelt Q-I-U-Y-I-N-G, during the 1500s. The things that Qiu Ying altered from the original included such things as changing the dress style of the people in the painting to the Ming Dynasty style of clothing, and also replacing that famous rainbow bridge. The Song Dynasty one was a wooden bridge, whereas the Ming Dynasty remake is a stone bridge. And unlike the original Song Dynasty version, which is based off Bianjing, Qiu Ying's painting is based off Suzhou, a city in southern China. In the later Qing Dynasty period, there was also another famous recreation of the painting, commissioned during the reign of the Yongzheng Emperor in the 18th century. This recreation was done up by five court painters, Chen Mu, Sun Hu, Jin Kun, Dai Hong, and Cheng Zhidao, and the painting was finished in the year 1736. This painting incorporates European-style painting elements, and unlike the older versions, also incorporates many more colours into the painting. 
Many more people are also added to this painting as well, some say thousands, and we witness some more aspects of Chinese life during the Qing dynasty in this version. There is a live stage performance in this painting, and it's been watched by hundreds of people. The bridge, again, the salient image in both the Song and Ming dynasty versions, is again upgraded further. The stone bridge is now packed with stores, restaurants and even fortune tellers. The biggest difference with the Qing dynasty version is the inclusion of the emperor's palace, with all of its grand buildings and gardens. As the Qing dynasty painting was commissioned directly by the emperor, and painted by painters who worked inside the palace, they would have had the knowledge to have painted the palace in such great detail, something that the previous artists probably didn't have access to. So, you're all probably asking, where can I see this painting and its recreations? On the internet, of course, duh. But what about the originals? Well, the one that I saw in Taipei was the digitally enlarged Qing Dynasty version, and the original is currently in the National Palace Museum in Taipei. Although I was kind of bummed, because the day I went, the original painting was being temporarily held elsewhere, so you know, sad face. <laughs> the Ming Dynasty version by Qiu Ying is also housed in the Taipei's National Palace Museum. but. The original Sung Dynasty version has changed hands between many people over the years, and many people thought that the painting was lost for good. Until the last Qing Dynasty Emperor, Pu Yi, got his hands on the painting, because he was such a huge fan of it, he had to have it, and was recovered from him in 1945, and is now placed in the Palace Museum in Beijing, where it still is today. The painting is a great source of pride for Chinese people, and it's a national treasure, and occasionally, enlarged, 3D, and even motion picture rendition of the painting have been displayed to the public. Most famously in the 2010 World Expo in Shanghai, where they were able to make an animated rendition of the painting, and the people inside the painting came to life. It's on YouTube if you want to see it, it's really, really good. I'll see if I can find the link, and leave it in the description below. So my thoughts it's, is that it's honestly one of the most impressive paintings that I've ever seen. Why? Again, to reiterate, it's how detailed the painting is. I mean, every single individual in the painting is painted to a T, with contrasting facial expressions, dress style, and their actions in the painting. You know, some are in deep conversation, while others are clearly arguing or haggling over something. It's more than just a painting. It's a visual history book. A history book that we can use to see what the lives of people were like during the Song, Ming and Qing periods of ancient China. That's why I thought it was appropriate to talk about this painting for this podcast. I'm not an art savant by any means, and I couldn't tell you heaps about the artistic intricacies of this painting. But what I wanted to tell you was about the history that the painting represented. 
So yeah, if you ever have a chance, skip those long queues at the Louvre and have a look at this painting, the Qingming Shanghe Tu, instead. And if you can't see the original, check it out online. It'll blow your mind. I'll post snippets of the painting on my Instagram as well for you to have a look. And as I mentioned earlier, I'll find YouTube links of the video renditions of the painting as well, which I'll put in the description box below. So yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode of the Qingming Shanghe Tu along the river during the Qingming Festival. I hope you all learnt something new and got to appreciate that Chinese art is also pretty hectic as well. Remember, before you tune out of this podcast, please subscribe to my podcast, tune into my existing episodes if you haven't already yet, and visit my Instagram and my website where you can find more content, including my visual content on my Instagram and a couple of blogs that I've written on my website. Alright, it's time for me to go now and see the Mona Lisa. What? <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening, and I'll see you all next time in the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>